podcast world what is up podcast world what is up are we you introducing me or am i starting the podcast for you i'm gonna try to introduce you but you know like you're one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of introduction today's episode of this life ain't for everybody before i bring in the man the myth the legend our guest today it's brought to you it's brought to you by (laughs) the one and only the iconic jack daniels sour mash whiskey lynchburg tennessee enjoy it responsibly never ever allow underage drinking today we're going to talk a little bit about something that might go with a whiskey pairing once in a while we're going to talk food we're going to talk culinary arts we're going to talk restaurants we're going to talk foodies we're going to talk critics we're going to talk a bunch of stuff i got michael politz on the show today i've known michael for about a year i went on his facebook live show for food and beverage magazine during the covid 2020 year and then we became fast friends he kind of took me under his wing i think he sees a lot of potential in me i don't know michael is that fair like why are you so good to me um you're mr belding's son dude <laughs> Your I, friends? I, who, who doesn't love saved by the bell oh you hate it when i do that Go oh, ahead. it's okay. Aren't you friends with him? Is his name Dennis? I am friends with him. Do you ever shave the hair on your arm before you wear a tank top like that? I'm just, you know. <laughs> look at those look things, at dude. Look at those guns, dude. How do you have time to work out? I don't. It's natural. Hell natural. Oh, you're lucky, dude. Yeah. You, you have too. a Mike Tyson versus who shirt on? Tyson I have a Mike versus... Tyson versus Jones shirt on. Remember Is that? Is that from the last fight? What a, that, yeah, should that, not was... have ha- that should not have happened. It was a good fight. It was a good comeback. It started a whole new trend, right? So, I mean, now you've got all these guys, legends are coming against each other, which is kind of fun. The legends leagues, right? Let me ask you something about Mike Tyson real quick. You're friends with this man. It, I often podcast about Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. It's, it is the, the, his career is one that makes me just shake my head. Like the greatest heavyweight of all time, better than Ali in my opinion, but it'll never be proven. You can't take anything away from Cassius Clay. Well, he's a heavy, I mean, you know, the reality is you're probably right because he's a harder puck hitter. He's, you know, he was, it, he was 19, 20 years old, unanimous, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, beating up grown men that were bone crusher Smith and Tony Tucker and Michael Spinks. He 90 seconds. He knocked him through the ropes. He knocked out the great Larry Holmes in four rounds. I know Gary was, Larry was past his prime, but Larry Holmes was a bad son of a bitch. And he knocked Mike out. Was heavyweights. Not, Mike was knocking out 30 year olds when he was 13, when he was like 13 they, in the smokers. They used to call them. Why are we talking about this? They used to call them smokers, right? So they would. They would bring in, you would go in underground rooms, right? And it was like, you know, it's fighting and you would bet on the fighters and all this. They were, and the room was so smoky. And they brought this 13-year-old kid in, young Mike Tyson, and he would come in and just knock the shit out of grown men. His his amateur videos, even before he got with Cuss and, 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 and Rooney, which when he lost Rooney, he lost his boxing. In my opinion, I don't, that should have yeah. never happened. Well, Jerry um, Jacobs, I think Jerry Jacobs passed away and then Jerry Jacobs and then D'Amato. But Mike Tyson's career is one that makes me go, okay, there was all the, the legal stuff. There was all that bullshit in Indianapolis, which I hated. And then you had the comeback and the Holyfield ear thing. And it was like this total downfall of what was going to be the greatest boxing career. The most It was the most mismanaged, Don King, effed up thing that pisses me off to this day. When he lost to Buster Douglas that night in Tokyo, I was in Black Springs, Nevada with a man named Cecil Washington, who was a black man that was my grandpa. My grandpa died when I was two years old and he took over as my dad's dad and my grandpa. He was my grandpa's best friend. And I cried on my grandpa Cecil's lap when Mike Tyson lost. The reason I tell you this story is that 
his career impacted me and so many people. And it still does. When he walks into an arena now, he gets a standing ovation. Even as bad as the end of his career was, he is the most legendary boxer of all time. He always will be. You you have Mayweather Jr., you have Sugar Ray Leonard, you have Oscar De La Hoya, you have great fighters from every era. But Mike Tyson's career is it's you can't explain it. You just that's why that thing that he did on stage in Broadway was so spectacular because he's the only one that can explain this stuff. Yeah, it was beautiful. And he has a book. I don't know if you've seen his book, Undisputed Truth. You I should have get it. the book. You could get you have it. Have you read it? Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. I, yeah, there's a there's a chapter on me in there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I was gonna send it to you to get it signed by me since you won't introduce me. When is that gonna happen? When you get to Vegas, buddy. When are you coming to that? Come on down. We'll make he, it happen. Mike doesn't live in Vegas full time, does he? Uh, he's on and off. He's mostly here. Yeah. Is he still doing his ranch? I still supposedly doing the ranch. They still have the ranch in California and El Segundo. It's not really a ranch. That's the office. Um, and it's, I guess it's the brand. Tyson Ranch is the brand for marijuana, you know, the cannabis stuff. So they're still pushing that. He's still doing his hot boxing podcast. We should get you on there. I would love, dude, I would do it. I'm, I, I am such a Mike Tyson and this is going to sound weird, but I'm a groupie. Like I, I could take you out here and show you the posters and the collectibles I have of the man, the tickets I have to his fights that I was lucky enough to oh see in God. Vegas. I'm a huge fan. Like I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. Like I have every thing that you could imagine Mike Tyson. Like if I showed you my sports illustrated kid dynamite cover collection, like you'd be like, you kept all that. And I'm like, yeah, because his career is different. His career yeah. is just different. I don't know. If See, he, here's the weird thing. I did all that with John Bellucci, right? Anything he was on, I got. Anything I could get my hands on growing up. It was very weird. I was, Axel, I was Axel Rose, Bo Jackson, and Mike Tyson. Not Vince Neal? How horrible. I love – dude, I was just having this uh, – this is another great topic to talk to you, Michael Pollitz. I was just having – it wasn't an argument, but it was a pretty passionate conversation. I wouldn't say it was heated. But me and two other people, one female, one male the other day, were talking about quote-unquote hair bands. And they had the audacity – to tell me that Guns N' Roses was a hairband. I said, you're out of your mind. I said, they're the most yeah. dangerous badasses. When they came along, there was Tesla, there was Poison, there was White Snake. I, I mean, is Motley Crue? Is Motley no, Crue a hairband? That, that was the second thing that came up. And I go, okay, let's take Sunset Boulevard and um, that time of, of the 80s, the, the 83 to 80. I remember going into Grand Central and buying Shout at the Devil on cassette with the original cover on it and Nikki Six. But no, yeah. those were the two bands that were dangerous and pure rock and roll. They were not hair so. bands. Do you agree? I agree, but they did wear makeup and put their hair up and like they didn't need to do it. I don't they didn't I need don't. I don't know why they did. There was some photo shoots of Axel wearing makeup. I yeah. do know that. But God, coming out in the kilt and the Doc Martens or the Converse's and the Reebok, like he was on a different level of day. And then Vince Neil, when I listen to Motley Crue right now and I listen to like Red Hot or Too Young to Fall in Love or all of those songs that were just I don't That's know the, if the first I don't know, album did. Yeah, I don't Red know if the, I don't know if Theater of Pain was too it got a little soft for me. I don't know if they jumped the shark on that one, but shout at the devil and red hot and live wire. God, I could listen to that rock and roll all day, but you agree. They are not but a hair. Dr. Feelgood came back with that. Oh my gosh, dude. Kickstart my heart and Dr. Feelgood. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there is a more, I think jungle and the opening riff of feel good 
are just some of the most that would be my walkout song if i was in, if I, yeah if i was spring. if i was going in to fight tyson it would probably have to be jungle or Not kickstart my heart i, I mean I, I love live wire too god they were so good is Van, Van Halen and Motley Crue on the same level of hard rock? Because, but because Van I Halen, think Van Halen's was, softer. But they were not a hair band. People don't consider them a hand, a hair band, but they were softer. Do you take Roth or Hagar? Roth. Me too. But would you agree, being the music man that you are, do you do you agree that Sammy Hagar is an underrated frontman and lead vocalist? That dude can sing his ass off. I say he's overrated. Really? Oh my gosh! No way! I've seen he him can't. live. I've, I know him. I was just with him two weeks ago. Oh, so you're messing with me? You? No, you, I'm being serious. Like you would tell Sammy Hagar he's overrated as a singer and a vocalist. I would never tell him that because he's 75 years old, right? Like, <laughs> and he's and he's nice. You know, he's always been kind, nice to me, right? I just I'm a David Lee Roth guy. You know, I don't think Sammy. I mean, maybe he's a great singer, but David was a fucking showman. Can I use that word? Um, I, you can say whatever you want. And I think that their videos and their concerts when 84 came out and jump and hot for teacher in Panama and all of the, that whole album. And before that running with the devil and all that, I don't know, like if you could get a better showman, I think Axl Rose, this is my opinion. I was just reading this article that came out, um, in hit parade, uh, the guys that used to do hit parader, they just, they, said Axl Rose is the best lead singer of all time. I've said this for years. I heard he's, that too. I don't, he, I don't know. Oh, come on. He, he's got every level. He's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He's David Lee Roth. He can do the Philip Ensemble, the deep stuff. He's got every level. He can hit. He's the best of all time. Plus, the dude was running 10 miles a night on that big stage. Now, Vince Neil can sing. He Vince can, can't sing. As, yeah, no. Vince is a good singer at that in, in what he does. The best I singer think, of that era, in my opinion, before you go on, and I'm not, I don't want to interrupt you. I was going to say this. The best singer of that era for what you would call, I think they were right there with crew, but they were a little bit more hairband. My favorite hairband was Cinderella. And Tom Kiefer, the lead singer, is yeah. a badass vocalist. Yes. Yes. Yes, but like you agree. Blackie Lawless, Kevin Ooh, DeBrow. Wasp. Was Did one you of, just pull out Wasp? Wasp, dude. Oh but, but wow. Ke Kevin DeBrow from Quiet, Quiet Riot, Riot was one of my was one of my best friends. Literally. Are you serious? Yeah, we, he's uh, passed what, away twenty years ago, right? Ten, yeah, like ten years ago. It was sad. It was a right Thanksgiving weekend. We were supposed to have Thanksgiving. I, I literally was at Vince's house for Thanksgiving, and then I was going to go to, with Kevin after I ate at Vince's house. And we couldn't find Kevin. And then later that day, we found out that he had passed away a couple of days. Because no, we, he was supposed to be with a guy named Glenn Hughes, if you're familiar with Glenn Hughes. I'm not. Glenn Hughes was in a band called Deep Purple. I remember Deep Purple, but I don't yeah, know so anything about it. He actually has a beautiful voice. He's got a beautiful voice. Wow. But then that... there's guys, there's like unknown guys, like the Faith No More guy. Amazing. Unbelievable. Let me let me put this one by you. Well, first of all, I wish I could walk you into part of my studio and I have my original Metal Health vinyl up there when Kevin's wearing the metal mask. That was the 1982 I got it. And my mom and dad are like, yeah, you could listen to Come On, Feel the Noise, all this. And then, and then Love's a Bitch comes on. And my mom's all, did they just say bitch? And I'm like, uh-oh. My first concert ever was this man that I wouldn't ask you about because I want to go back to. I, I want to go back album to. album that Kevin gave me. Wow. You want to hear that the weirdest thing? Here's the weirdest thing. Kevin passed away somehow, some way, wrapped in newspaper, in newspaper, in the mail, 
my name was on it, no return address. I opened it up. It was his gold album. No return address. No, I don't after, even know where he after, got it. After he passed away. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I'm thinking that Frankie Benali might have sent it to me, right? The guitarist, or his, his drummer. How 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 uh, how did he pass away? Kevin did a cocktail that he shouldn't have been doing. I think that another Ambien and Coke and damn it, another yeah, man that passed away way too young. And this was the one I was going to bring up to you when you said Deep Purple was Rodney James Dio. That dude's voice was on a different level. Yeah. And Kevin he passed away. Yeah. Kevin, he, uh, I think that Rodney James passed away of lung cancer from smoking, I think. Yeah, that was that was hard for a lot of my friends like Brian Posey and Scott Ian and the, the hard rock guys, right? The Scott Slayer Ian guy, is, Wow, dude. You know, I can't believe that you know these guys, man. This was my life. Like Dio, when they did, we're off to the witch. We may never, never, ever come home. Like when I hear that song today in 2021, I get chills. And that dude was like five foot three and a half inches tall and just rocked it, man. But I mean, what, what about Ozzy? Oh, my God. Different level. I was listening to him do a Aussie fest, uh, a solo with um, what's the big badass guitarist? Not Randy, but his newer Zach Wild doing Zach. doing Iron Man without Sabbath. It was just Aussie and Zach when they're in their band at an Oz fest. Headline, was, Tommy, was Tommy being the drummer? Tommy Lee? Tommy Tommy Kafidis, Kafoldis. I don't know. They didn't say the drummer's name, but it was well, he a was the same drummer. He was the drummer for um, when was it? What was it? When Black Sabbath got back together, it was Tommy. Oh, really? Hair everywhere, and yeah, he was insane. Is Neil Peart an overrated drummer? No, he's amazing, right? He I know. I, there's an art. There's an, an argument. I think it was Howard Stern had um, Lars on from Metallica and there was an argument over the top drummers and they said that, and, and they, they, the article had said that Neil Peart was overrated and they were talking about the time he went on Letterman and he had that whole 360 degree yeah. The dude was unreal, but they say that his whole deal was built on Tom Sawyer and that it's not that hard of a riff to play and that he was an overrated drummer. I'm like, dude, that guy ripped. Did Neil Peart pass away too just now? He did. Jesus, they're all dying off. And then but last who was a better drummer? Was Phil Collins a better drummer? I think Phil Collins in Genesis, and he is so underrated as a as a musician. That dude can play anything. He's like Prince. He's like freaking Prince. Prince could do all that shit. I'm not Prince, a fan of Prince. I'm not a his Prince guitar. Fan. His guitar playing was pretty badass. What about the lead uh, singer of Maroon Five? Have you heard him play the guitar? No, is it good? Oh my gosh, he did Purple Rain at Howard Stern's 60th birthday. You got to look it up on YouTube. What about he, Tom Morello? Uh, Tom Morello's Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I I think that they are an unbelievable band. I don't know if I agree with some of the shit that comes out of his mouth, but he is an unbelievable musician, and they're great. They're great. They are great. I'm dude. I love this kind of conversation because music is everything to me. This that time period. Uh, I was just telling you about that that Neil Pert deal. I just love the the culture of what like Tommy. But what Lee, about Getty Lee? Listen, Rush. Oh, itself, Getty Lee was awesome, dude. But Rush, Rush has a Rush has a following of like Rushettes. You know what I mean? Like these guys love. Is that called prog rock? I think progressive rock. And you really have to be into that. I was never. I love. I love Tom Sawyer. You know, I liked it. I liked it. But I, growing up, I was like, I loved Rick Astley. I'm not gonna lie. And Rick Springfield. 
No, I'm just kidding. I loved Motley Crue, right? I loved it. But speaking back to Rick Springfield, Rick Springfield now and Sammy Hagar are partners in Beach Bum Rum. Rick Springfield was Jesse Don't Lose My Number? No, he was Jesse's girl. A Jesse's girl. Or 8675. Who was that? No, that, was Tommy Tuton. that was Tommy Tutone. That was Tommy Tutone. Um, but Rick, Rick Springfield, you know, uh, Jesse was a friend, you know, that, that yeah. so that was him. He's now partners with Sammy. Not so rockery. It's not like a rocker combination, the two of them. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not a rocker combination. You know, Van Halen, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar. Sammy's like a beach bum. I can't drive 55. That was great. You know, but maybe they should have worked a little harder to keep the band together. Van Hagar. You know, I get it. I get it. Well, it's like it was like GNR twenty five years. Well, slash it's like, and it's like, listen, the, two of the greatest bands in the world, right? And what about Kiss? I think Kiss. they're the most overrated. I, I don't think they've ever done a good song. Maybe uh, Up All Night. Um, Beth, anything that, that Peter Chris did was amazing. Peter Chris and the, the solo albums. I think that Ace Freely was woman, a, Hard Luck Woman, amazing. Do you like Paul Beth. Stanley's voice though? That was Paul. Yeah, but Beth was Peter Chris's voice. But Paul's nice. Paul's a good guy. He's good. I'm not saying he's not a great guy, but that was more of a theatrical circus, wasn't it? Yeah, but look at the legend that they created. Oh, my God. They're they're probably the richest band in history. Probably one of the greatest bands. The most underrated band is Cheap Trick. Hmm. They're as good as as the Beatles, dude. they They have some unbelievable songs. They're as good as the Beatles. What They're about Foreigner? As- was Foreigner a good band? When it started. Now it's just Mick, you know. Can touring. Can Journey go on without because this new Journey's guy going on, yeah. It's, the I mean, Asian he's, kid. Yeah, he's doing he good. He sounds just know, like Perry, right? Yeah, but it's not Perry. We're not spending enough time on each of these guys, Michael Pollitz. We're we're jumping too much. I'm still on Eddie Van Halen and Michael Anthony and Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth. MTV era, 1983 to 1988. I was a Motley Crue guy, dude. Way more. Oh, my God. I was Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, too. But Motley Crue, I didn't get a GNR album until I'm 12 years old. I get it at Warehouse Records and Tapes when Appetite comes out in 86, 87. I was 11. I have the gold album up on my ear from Stephen Stephen, Stephen Adler, a good friend of mine. He was a drummer. I know Stephen Adler. I don't know him, but I know who he is very well. Adler's Addiction is his uh, his new band. He it played a cu- he played a couple dates on the Not in This Lifetime tour two years ago with yeah, Axel Slash nice and Dove. I would like to see the band back together. Yeah, I loved I him that, with Matt. I loved him with Matt Sorum. Matt's a good friend. You know, I love Matt. Matt was, but you know, I love the Cult. I want I you love to, Vel- Velvet Revolver. I want you to look into this when we get off this podcast because this is what my scare is, my fright, my fear. My buddy went front row pit last week to Hershey. Two so or three, two, two, no, they were GNR. Mammoth were, open for him. Okay. And Her- my buddy, little Frankie Sidaris is a guitar player. He was from, he was from Slashes and the, uh, his band. Snake Miles Pit Kennedy. or Velvet Revolver? Oh, Miles Kennedy. God, great uh, band. Uh, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Conspirators. Yeah, and, and so the, those guys are all my friends. Todd Kearns and Brent Fitz and Frankie. Oh my Mom. God, Todd Kearns rips. You know who Todd Kearns is? That's well, bizarre to me. Oh, I love that band. I've seen him live many times. I'm I I love Scott William Scott before he died, and I think yeah, I that Stone Scott. Temple I, was amazing. Stone I thought Temple, that I, I probably saw them fifty times. I probably saw him five, and I saw Velvet Revolver five when when Slash and 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 Scott did that. I love I love Chris Cornell. How sad is that one? 
That one's yeah, terrible. Soundgarden. Yeah, Red. Black Hole Sun. They were good. I never was an Eddie Vedder fan. Pearl Jam, not at all. Not me either. I like Kurt Cobain though. What about um, Jane's Addiction? And Navarro. what about Alice in Chains? Love Lane Staley. Jar of Flies is one of my favorite albums of all time. I loved Blind Melon. Cantrell? Cantrell? Blind- is that your guy? I like Cantrell. So I love. I, had, I used to own Into the Food and Beverage Arena, which is where I'm from. I used to own a bar with Jerry Cantrell and Scott Ian. And it was called Dead Man's Hand. And it was here in Vegas. What happened to it? We could, you know, rock and roll just isn't a thing. It doesn't bring the numbers in in Vegas. Like, like people, country music does? <laughs> country, not necessarily either. It's it's like EDM. And it's like, we were connected to a strip club where you thought it'd be perfect. People just roll in. We had, we had so many, like Corey Taylor used to be there all the time. And Vinnie Paul, before he passed away, one time Vinnie played the entire Kiss, Kiss Alive album. It was amazing. Um, Meatloaf. We had a lot of guys performing there. Yeah, you, the had friends me, you had me on your show with Meatloaf's daughter one time. That's right. Meatloaf, I, lo- I love that guy. But you got to do this for me, and I want you to look into this, because my buddy sent me some videos, and I think Axel blew his voice out. Oh, really? He said that everybody in the crowd was looking at each other like WTF, and then the next night I saw some videos on YouTube from Fenway, or two nights later, and then tonight they're playing in Jersey at Hartford Stadium. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared that something happened after the COVID letdown. Well, I mean, at events too, their voices, they, they, they've been doing it for so many years and they stopped for a year and a half. Yeah, but he can't sing. It's not Axel. He's struggling. Like I'm scared because I want, I was going to see him at bottle rocks in Napa in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah. And they invited me to that guns and roses is playing there. Yeah. They're headlining it on the fourth. Oh, I didn't know that. They invited Huge. me. They invited me or bottle rocks did. Bottle oh, yeah. Rock. Yeah, Bottle Rock did if if you didn't know GNR was playing it. But yeah, they're they're headlining on the fourth. Of what? August? No, September. No, sep- September fourth. Huh. Yeah, GNR is playing it. GNR is pl- GNR is playing your home freaking town on the twenty eighth of this month. Yeah, but dude, it's not GNR. What? It's Axel Slash and Duff and Dizzy Reed. I saw this lineup five times. Is Dizzy playing? Dizzy, I know Dizzy. Dizzy's back with them. I saw this lineup five times in 2019 when they well, the the it was the second year of Not in This Lifetime tour after they yeah. kicked it off at the Troubadour. Dude, Axel was ripping. Slash is sober. Duff's sober. They're all buff now and they're ripping more than ever. They rock. I'm telling you, it's a great show. Three and a half three and a half hours with no intermission. Every every song you knew. Every song from they start off with Night Train again. They do some of this stuff off of Chinese Democracy. They they do Live and Let Die better than freaking than than. Uh, oh, they than, always have. They always have. And they used to have the stage that went like this. Oh God, when Axel, Axel would, would run, run around. around. Yeah. In 1993, I went to 17 cities on the Dust and Bones tour that was mixed with the Metallica co-headlining tour, and I mm-hmm. watched Duff get hit with a bottle of piss in Arco Arena in Sacramento. The next night at Lawler Event Center in Reno, some fireworks were let off during right before the encore of Paradise City, and Axel walked off both nights. Then I went up to Portland. Then I went to Seattle. Then I went to Denver. That's when the brawl broke out when Axel left the stage and Slash did the freaking 45-minute solo, and Lars mm-hmm. came out and beat the skins. I was like, I was a group literally a groupie of Guns N' Roses. And when they came back together, I thought it was the best thing 
of freaking all time. And then yeah, me too. And the biggest thing that I saw was they did four hundred and ninety million in two years. It's the second largest revenue grossing tour in the history of music, behind one of the Rolling Stones tour. The Michael, the merch lines were a hundred people deep, ten lines each, and the shirts were forty five dollars a piece, and people were buying them like they were Skittles. Vintage man, vintage Axl Rose is the best, dude. It's the best freak. He's the best. Yeah, of all they, time. they did. Uh, they, oh, you know what? I guess I did see them. Well, no, that was with Ashba because he's a buddy of mine. You know, DJ Ashba, have you heard of Well, I know when he was a guitarist for GNR, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's here. Well, we had GNR played in Vegas at the Hard Rock, and so we used to have parties after the shows up there. And so it was nice. Axel was up there, it was fun. We had a fun time. That was before they were back together for this big reunion tour, yeah. That was just a couple. If you go to Bottle Rocks, I need to know your. If you, you need to go on YouTube and watch these videos of Axel and tell me what's going on. Something's I gotta up. look at Bottle Rocks. I haven't even looked to even go. They've invited me. I haven't. Looked. Stevie Nicks is there. She's playing too. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like a lot of people. It doesn't well, sound like a lot of fun. If you, I mean, I'm you, not into that anymore. Dude. If you don't have VIP and stage access, I wouldn't go. It's a mess. It's a circus. I mean, you're I talking to a guy that's, you know, best friends of Vince Neil. I'm backstage at every Motley show and every Aerosmith show, right? Well. I mean, Joey was a good friend of mine. He's a good friend from Aerosmith, right, Joey Kramer? So yeah. I would literally stand next to the drum, the drums during the shows. I love that shit. I, I've got I've been lucky enough to hang with Steven a few times because he came to Nashville and did the country thing. And I've yeah. he, he's good friends with Zach Brown. So he go I've seen him in Fenway on stage with Zach Brown doing walk this way and yeah, loving an elevator and shit. It was freaking he's one oh, of the you greatest. Like, you like he, the country music? I'm a big country fan. Yeah, I run with a lot yeah. of the guys. I'm a big country guy. If it's good friends. country. Did you go to Garth Brooks the other night in your hometown? No, I don't if I don't go unless I'm invited, you know. I don't know Garth. I'm friends with Phil Vassar, if you know Phil is. And I know Phil very well. Badass piano player. Unbelievable and artist. Unbelievable artist, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's like my closest country friend. He's I a prefer. great dude. Yeah. I, I don't him. I don't know him, but I love that song that he did about the, the milk spoiled and the kids are running around. His, Another his, Day his, in Paradise. Another Day in Paradise. That's a great tune. That's a great tune. So is Molly Crew going back on tour again, even though they yeah. signed the contract to never do yeah, so? Yeah, they're going with, with Def Leppard and uh, Poison. Def Leppard, another underrated band. They were hard and, rock for a minute. Yeah, and my favorite of all time, Joan Jett. Oh, my gosh. She is so, so, se- so sexy. Dude, she blew a snot rocket out. We were backstage, me and her and one other guy, and we're talking. We're hang- She's from my hometown. So we're hanging out, and she's like, ah, right. <laughs> We're out of her fucking nose. And I was like, <laughs> so freaking sexy. I said that. I go, God damn, are you sexy? Was she sexier than Lita Ford or vice versa? Oh, yeah. She Lita likes Ford? girls anyway. Lita Ford does? No, Joan. Really? Yeah, Joanie's hot. Joni doesn't want anything to do with any guys. And I'm like, you are so freaking sexy. <laughs> like, shut up. Uh, yeah, I love I love her stage show, man. I don't know if there's anybody better than Stevie Nicks, though, as far as pure female no, voice goes. Yeah, she's she's good. Okay, so witch. so is Vince Neil a nice guy? Because I remember him and Axel got into. Do you remember that dispute back in the day? That was him and Duff. No. Because of that, Axel. All because, because of it. Duff like kicked his wife and she was pregnant and stuff. I think oh, it was, really? It was the, yeah. So Duff I was all Duff was all high or something back in the day. Probably, when he did yeah, that some stuff. shit came down. But you know, when you're all drugged down, high or drunk or whatever, shit happens. You know. 
So this food and beverage deal has kind of led you into this lifestyle where everybody loves food. Is that fair to say how you met all these guys because of your culinary background? Or what's the scoop on how you know all of these different musicians or politicians or actors and actresses and celebrity chefs? Is yes it all because no. listen, you know how it, you know what it is, Chad? You want to really know what it is? Yeah. When you're number fucking one in your field, dude, other number ones want to be your friend. Simple as that. Really? Well, what else would it be? I don't know. Right? Don't like know. my actor friends are like the biggest A-list movie stars and we all hang out and have a great time. They've, you know, my rapper friends are Academy Award winners. You know, it's just, it is what it is, right? We can't do what each other does, but we're at the top of our game. Right? So do you have a hard time hanging out with people that aren't number one? Is it hard um, for you because of the envy here's what I say, or because of the jealousy? Chad, if you're not number one, you're number two. Yeah, first loser or what? No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I like to help people. You know, I don't get jealous. Maybe they do, you know. Maybe they get I, – I try, I try to be as humble as possible, like whatever. You know, I know what I've got. And the thing is, I built it myself, right? I don't have hedge funds behind me writing checks to me. What, you know, did, you, what did you build? Tell my audience, please, what it I is you food. built. I built Food and Beverage Magazine from zero, from ground one, right? From one reader to 14 million readers a month. So do I, I was always nice to everybody, right? Whether I was in a bar or a restaurant. Now the guys that were busboys remember me when I was like, oh, let me help you with that. You know what I mean? Even though I had the magazine, right? Now they're all GMs and owners. You know what I'm saying? They're like, nobody treated us that way. But I think that's what it has to do with. All the guys in Vegas, all the guys that were busboys and cleaning up the vomit from all the chicks that were puking up their lungs from drinking too much vodka. All those guys now are GMs and club owners, right? And they're like, oh, man, you were so cool to me. Like, we, we would just have fun. You know, nobody's better than everybody has the ability to walk up that ladder, right? Everybody has the ability to be the greatest boxer in the world or whatever they are, you know? And, and people don't understand that. Like, it's not luck. Like, luck is a part of it, but, but you need to work your ass off to do it and be right and, and be straight and right with people. You know, Mike wouldn't be the greatest boxer in the world if he didn't work hard. Like, he never slept past 3 a.m. He was up doing road work when he was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, right? He never stopped working out. He never stopped training. He never stopped listening to what Customato would say. You know, you learn lessons from people. But if your ego gets in the way, you're not going to take those lessons to heart and you won't learn them. You know, when I came to Vegas, well, before that, I had a flat flower business, right? We were selling roses for 10 bucks a dozen. And I was friends with everybody in the Washington, D.C. area, right? And I, like John, Coach John Thompson was a big influence on me, if you know who he is, from Georgetown. And Rick Doc Walker from the Redskins is now a broadcaster. And these guys were big influences on me because they would lead me, sort of almost like mentor me, right, while I was building this floral business. Then I came to Vegas and I met Robin Leach, one of the greatest journalists of all time, of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And, you know, he, he took me under his wing, right? And so... You, if you listen to what these people say, then Wolfgang Puck and Bobby Flay and Batali and, you know, all these guys, and you watch that they're successful and why. And none of them are shitty to people, right? But we do see some people that are that way to a lot of people. And that's just, you know, you stay away. I don't, I don't, 
hang with that. I don't show with that. Everybody's the same, right? Just so are you, to, are you, do you have an ego now because you did build it or do you still, because this is with a the no, moral, I have confidence. I don't have the, an ego. But the moral of the story is, is that that's why I asked you the question at the very beginning of this podcast is that why would you pick me to treat me the way you've treated me when you don't have time for me? You don't know, you don't, what the hell is Chad Belding ever going to do? It's like an amazing, I, I had to have this, con I, I had this conversation with your, one of your employees the other day. Like, why me? Why is Michael doing everything for me that he's doing? Because part of it almost is like this one is too good to be true. One Pulitz has got to be full of shit that he tells me he's going to do this, but everything that you tell me you're going to do, you follow through on and it happens. And I'm like, why me? Why are because you doing you, you this? You know why Chad? Why? Because you, you're an alpha male. And you are so fun to fuck with and bring down <laughs> that I can't stop. It's like an addiction, right? It's like, I'm like, look at this beefcake. I'm going to fuck with him so bad. He's not going to know what to do with himself. I'm going to call him all kinds of shit. And I'm just going to just fuck with him. <laughs> well, because I like what you're doing. You, listen, I'm not even a hunter, bro. Right? Like, like. Who do I mean? I don't think I know. Like who? Like Uncle Ted, one hunter that I ever met. Right? Like. I don't know, but I love what you do and you're passionate about it, you know, and I want to help people and help working with you is not helping you. You don't need my help, but it's helping others that see what we're doing. Right. Oh, that's a good but way now, to look now at it. You've got your, look, you've got your spices, you've got your beef line, you've got these great things that are happening. Dude, you're an entrepreneur. That's all I am. You know, I'm the guy with a dream that has failed so many times that I finally almost made it is the way I look at it. Me too. You I know love, what I mean? I, I love that concept. I'm a guy with a dream that's almost made it, right? But let me ask you this, though. Answer this question real quick for me, Michael Pulitz. When you made the statement that number ones want to be by you because you're the number one in your space, are you going 100% off of the 14 million readers? And I, I, I need some transparency here. Has it given you a lifestyle to where you are considered a success now in the food and beverage space because you brought this from an idea, you nurtured it from one reader to 14 million, 14 million is a huge number of people. So well, is that why, is that why you're considered the number one in your area? That's why you're friends with, with Vince Neal. No way. No, I think it's Mike. I think it's no Vince. I've been friends with while I was building, right. For 20 years, you know, and Mike, Mike and I were friends when I had nothing. So what are you number one in? So, so, I, well, I want to know what your number one readership. is. No one can compete with our readership. But I'll, and I'll tell you this. Everybody else has big companies behind them. I'm so confident because I created that. I didn't go into some algorithm and hire some company and blah, blah, like all these people. I didn't have the money to do that, right? I think I shook everybody's hand. And I met at trade shows and here and there, right? And then you learn. And it's like, okay, it's one thing to come with a company saying, here's a couple million bucks, knock yourself out, be the best, be the biggest, create, right? It's another thing to come from zero. Come from zero and turn it into that, right? What, and there's, sure, there's, there's companies that have bigger revenues than us. Now, I don't know what their payback is for the loans they've had to take in or the percentages of what, you know, the companies that own them or where they're making their money, but I'm not answering to the man. You know what I'm saying? I am the man. That's the difference. When I go out and I meet another publisher of a big publication, dude, they're just a paid employee of a publication most of the time. They're just a guy that gets a paycheck. Oh, I'm the publisher of Bon Appetit, or I'm the, well, that's a consumer guy. But, you know, whatever it is, that's great, but you get a paycheck. You can get fired. 
right? Right. That's it. Like that's, you know, I, I, I'm my own guy. You know, I don't know if that's better or worse because maybe I could be making millions of dollars and just getting a check and not having to worry about it. Well, let me ask you this, but with what you're saying, because I often, while you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm looking at notes and I'm thinking about my career of like how I didn't go and be, have a hedge fund and I didn't go and have an inheritance to start something with. It's not a generational business. It was an idea. I failed right. a lot. I fell down, but I kept getting up. Um, but is this the theory of what you're talking about right now of 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 taking it to the level that you have and you see that kind of in the same way that you see in me is that a a bond that's considered the entrepreneurial spirit because i'm i'm thinking of my own career of of and this is the the question that i have i'm trying to go about it so you understand the question is i live a multi 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 millionaire's life on not a multi multi million dollar salary. I don't right. know what the future holds for the businesses. Someday we could you could sell them and you might have some luck, but right now my value of life is unbelievable. I have to pinch myself a lot. And I is that kind of what you're saying that you have built this value of life, but you're not sitting there going, "Hey, I've sold the company for 150 or 500 right. million." Nor do I owe it to anybody else. I don't, and you don't owe, owe it, it to anybody. anybody else. Nobody can go I mean, Robin Leach would be the only one because he really took me under his wing and taught me a lot. Like, that's the mentor, right? And, and he passed away. But nobody could say, I made that guy. I made that guy. Because nobody made me. I made I made me. So I don't ever have to have that little bit of shame. At least to me, to me, I would be shameful in that. Right. If I knew that I was, if, you know what I mean? It's like I was creative, but somebody kind of really pushed the buttons and funded me. And, blah, blah, blah. and we see that all the time. And, it's, and to me, that's like a, yeah, a shameful ego. And it's not my ego because my ego never – if your ego gets in your way, you're fucked. You wouldn't be a good entrepreneur, right? Like you don't have an ego because no. you're like, I'm going to jump off this freaking cliff and I guarantee you I'm going to land properly. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to fly or if I don't fly, I'm not going to hurt myself when I land. And if you guys are going to come with me for that ride, hey, do it. If not, you know, be pussies. Yeah, Let's go. Let's roll. Let's wait. That's all it is, right? So that's what, like right now I'm working on so many other projects. I'm working on the food and beverage magazine test kitchens where we're going to have guys like you come in and open a restaurant for the night. And it's Chad Belding's restaurant, you know, to the max. Did you get it? To the max? I like that. You didn't get it. Yeah. That well, was a well, saying by the bell. That was a saying by the bell reference. Oh, to the max? Yeah, the max was the name of the restaurant. Oh, listen to you. Oh, you watched yeah. it way more than I did. You're like Screech. Well, you know, I, Screech passed away. God bless. He but did. No, but then you're gonna have so you're so so you're gonna be honored to cook in our test kitchen, right? Hell yeah! It's amazing, right? And we're gonna get all these pop ups, all these food truck people, all these chefs and cooks, and everyone have ideas that think they can make money and want to help entrepreneurs build their own brands. We're gonna pop these guys up all the time. Nobody's doing this. I'm putting it on my back to do it. You know. And we're doing it. I've got, I've got partners, hopefully, all over the country that want to come out and do that. I want to do know? that. That sounds awesome. Is that going to be all over the country? Or will we have to come to Vegas? Yeah, to we're going to pop up. We're going to take some restaurant spaces, and we're going to figure out how to make it work. I'm working on a TV show right now that that we're it's going to be um, contestants with these pop up concepts are going to win. Right? What you're going to win is virtual kitchens in like a hundred locations across the country. It's a huge. It's, wow, it's, it's a that's a killer trip. idea. I got to ask you this. Change. I got to ask you this question because you just said, <clears throat> you just said about chefs 
And then you said the word chef a couple times. I need you to, I need you to answer this for my clarity. John Favreau and the movie chef was awesome. Then the new chef show on Netflix is really, really cool. But yeah. my question to you, Michael Politz, is his co-host, the guy that owns the restaurants in Vegas that looked pretty badass. Who's his it, co-host? I never saw the show. Roy Choi? Yes, Roy Choi. Yeah. Ba- is he a bad son of a bitch? Because I will, I'm just asking. On the show, he comes off very arrogant to me, but he also comes off that he's very qualified. And then when they went and toured some of his properties there in Vegas, they, the one that's got like the hidden restaurant behind the door that's that Best opens Friend up. or something? Is it called Best Friend? It's like it got a store out front and then it like swings the door and you go into this really badass Asian yeah. style. Anyway, yeah, I, is he the real deal? Uh, okay, then you don't want to answer that on here. I didn't know. Uh, I don't know. No, I, had no, to ask. I don't mind. Let, let me just assume, let me just say that I think your first instinct was correct because that was the same instinct I got after talking to him for a while. Arrogance. Okay, that's what I see in the show, and I've never met the man. You know, when I met him, he almost thought that he was. You could feel like, dude, do you honestly think you're better than me? That's right? how he like comes you just it. met the publisher of Food and Beverage Magazine, biggest magazine in the industry. I'm not saying kiss my ass, but at least fucking smile. That's how he comes off to me because sometimes when he says stuff to other chefs, they go and visit. I'm like, whoa, dude, whoa, that's a little, that's a little too like that was obvious how condescending you just were to that man. That's how I take him. He was now, little, I was taken back, and then he had a girl there with him, and she she was like, oh, we're so excited to work. With him. I never really knew who he was. I think maybe he was offended. But I don't expect people to know who I am. But when I hand them my card and, and they should know damn well who Food and Beverage Magazine is. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I tell my salespeople, if you call a company to advertise for, as an advertising sale with us, if they don't know who food and Bever- what Food and Beverage Magazine is, hang up the phone. Because you don't need to sell. If they're that ignorant and we're the biggest in the industry, hang up the phone and make your next call. You don't need to explain who we are to try to get them to do a sale. Keep moving. Is that That's, wrong of me? Is no, that I arrogance? Is no, that ego? I don't, no. I don't. I think. I think that it's earned one way, but I also think that you would never treat somebody like that. So it's hard for your psyche to get treated like that. Mm-mm. No, be, no, 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 no. Because I don't put people above me. Like I remember meeting the guy that owns Cigar Aficionado, right, Marvin Shankin, and he was such a little arrogant fucker. He was a publisher, and he goes, "Well, who are you? What do you do?" I go, "Oh, I'm you." Twenty years ago, that's what I said to him. Really? Yeah, dude. This was like 10, 15 years ago. But yeah, because I couldn't believe that he was. I'm like, I hope I don't end up like that. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the guy that's unapproachable, that makes business unapproachable, but the, that the, makes the, the, the industry hard part, unapproachable. But are chefs as a whole arrogant? Not from what? Yes, that's the whole thing, right? When I created Food and Beverage Magazine, I took that away, all that snobbery. Is Gordon Ramsay a nice guy? Because obviously he plays a print, you know. Okay, so let me ask you this. Here's what's hard for me to take about the show and the 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 whole the whole chemistry between the two. John Favreau has written arguably some of the biggest box office smashes in the history of the world. I reached out to John, I never heard back. So I'm not gonna you know, I knew him when he would he, hang out in Vegas a lot. He doesn't act arrogant at all on the show. And this 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 other, his co-host is like, he comes across arrogant me. And I'm like, do you not understand that he wrote Iron Man? Like him and Robert Downey right. Jr. built an empire. He's but with people, Pete Spawn and Swingers. Why is, is he arrogant or is it his culture? Do you know what I'm saying? It may yeah, not that be could arrogant. be it too. It might not be. It, maybe That's he's a, just a quiet, you know, I, maybe I read it wrong. Maybe he's a quiet guy. I don't think so, but maybe. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell. That's why I'm looking at this is that he has accomplished some some shit in the culinary what world. Bobby Flay? What about Bobby? What, what's your I impression? I, I think that Bobby comes across as a – I think he's very, very, very um, – business orientated. I think that he looks out for his bottom line big time, but I mm -hmm. also think that he, I don't think he's a micromanager and I think he lets people be creative around him. And I mm -hmm. don't think that he wants the spotlight all of the time. But again, I don't know him. I've never met the man. No, he's a good friend of mine. He seems and to me like he, like he is a very humble person like with the I success his, that he's right, had. So, so we went to the opening of his new restaurant here in Vegas, right? I don't go anywhere, but for Bobby, I'm going to go, right? So we went, we went to the opening of his new restaurant and I saw him talking to tables and stuff. And, you know, then he finally saw me and ran over, you know, it was very nice to see my friend, but yeah, he lets people do what they have to do. He lets I, them do. I think that's a big part of success for an entrepreneur is to let people be creative be, and be who they are. Yeah. And be who they are. I do that with my staff. Like, I, you know, listen, everybody's autonomous, right? So everybody does what they do. They know their job and they do it, right? I bring them on, we, as we do with anything, to make our lives easier, right? We can't do everything, right? So we have to have people come on that know how to do something and they help our lives, right? Of course, there are times when they make our lives more difficult, those people, <laughs> right? So we have, that's when you have to part ways. But I let everybody run autonomously. What do you think about this? What do you want to do about that? How do you want to handle this? Shoot it to them. If you're an editor, edit. Put it up, don't put it up. You're an advertising executive, make the sale, don't make the sale, but do it the right way, right? You're, you're the front line of who we are, right? Who we are, a food and beverage magazine, right? And then if you think about it, we're reaching out to bigger companies, like the same guys that are going to sponsor you or who we want to advertise, right? Right. Um, but they're not talking to me, Michael Pollock. They're talking to my team. So my team is it on fucking point on who food and beverage magazine is that's going to look bad. Very, I, I agree. You're a reflection. So I a can't reflection. have the arrogance. I agree a hundred percent. So I don't bring those kind of people on man. And when I wrote this book, did I tell you I had my book out in my hand. Do you, you like that? I'm surprised I don't have a, a signed copy that pisses Let me, me off. Let me this book. When, okay. Wait, hold it up. The food and beverage guide to restaurant success by Michael Pulitz. So you know how to tell people how to be uh, successful in a restaurant because it's hard. Be owning a restaurant is hard, especially Dude, this growing. Book, this book, the first two chapters of owning for restaurant guys, is trying to talk them out of going into the business. Literally, talk them out of going into the business. It was the yeah. greatest, right? So when the publisher came to me, Wiley Publishing, biggest publishing house in the world, and oldest from like eighteen seventeen hundreds, I want you to write this book. I'm like. I'm going to tell them not to go into the business. They're like, you tell them whatever you want. And then we go, now we have like Maryland state and Virginia and DC, that whole area. Um, they're using this book as a, uh, as a workbook for new restaurant owners for the employment stuff. No way. Yeah. Maryland state department of, I don't even know, but for people that are, they're helping own restaurants. They're using that book. I'm and it's amazing. It's been amazing. I'm sending you my address. Will you sign me a copy? Or do, um, I, have to, do I have to buy it and send it to you? Yeah, that's awkward. So now you're asking for a free book. No, no, I'll pay it for it. I want to. I'm just kidding. I, want, I didn't send I want to, you one. I want to. I no, you did. have not. No, I sent you beef. I sent you rubs. I mean, I. Uh, but you do a lot for me. But I do want a book to Dude, put on my show. Your beef, by the way, that beef. I'm not going to lie. Was the greatest. The greatest I've ever had. Now, I don't know build, what it was. Can we build a restaurant in the Vegas wrapped around the provider mentality with this beef? 
to we should just do pop-ups on a couple times a month at the food and beverage test kitchens. I'm ready. I mean, you have you have from all of your assets, you have people that are following you that would come in. Oh, 100%. So you just pick like, okay, the third Wednesday of every month or the second or whatever it is, you come, you come in. You can have a chef. You know, we'll have, we can have we have a roster of chefs that can do what as long as you're there. You know what I mean? Can I invite is is can I can I invite a Californian that relocated to go to school at UNLV in Vegas and he still lives in California? Is Guy Fieri a great guy? I've met him a couple of times. I think he's great. Yeah. Is isn't he awesome? Can I we invite him? him? Can we invite him? Because I I think I could outcook him. I don't even know if the number I have for him is still his. I number, think I could outcook him. I'm just saying that out loud. I don't I know if he could cook. He, can he cook? Yeah, he can cook. Can he really? Because he, he used to cook. Yeah, man. Have him make you a stromboli. I want, I want so bad to show him how much mad respect I have for what he's done business-wise and what he does for California and these wildfires and going into these communities when they burn. Well, what we and need to do is tell him, him we need to just bring him in and not make a public appearance out of it, not make it anything, no. just be buddies and just cook. And have I love him. Time. I absolutely love what he stands for. But you know what I love about him is that he never shows off his cooking skills. He just, he teaches people. He goes into these diners, drives and all this stuff. And yep. it, it tells these chefs how good their food is. How awesome is that? I know that he's paid to do it, but he's passionate about telling people how good they are and, and not taking all the credit for the great food around the world. Because there's so much great food. Don't you hate it when your Yeezys come unlaced? <laughs> <laughs> and also, here's another one that I need to know is a good guy. Because I don't oh. understand the success of this show. It's the most scripted, predictable show in the history of TV and Bar Rescue. I don't understand it. I laugh at it. But it's working. He's on like season 10, John Taffer. I, I don't is know he why it's working. <laughs> I don't get, is he a friend of yours? Because I don't understand anything John, about what's going on. I have to be very careful because I spent a lot of years not being happy with John. I was. I got booked for a show that I, I, we, I was ready for a show. It was called The Hungry Investor. And evidently, John had a fit because it was going to be on uh, Spike TV. And they pulled it from me and gave it to John. They promised me another show. I never got it, which is fine. It's fine. I don't even know if John knows this part because it may not have been John himself. So I was very unhappy with him. John and I have a very close mutual. One of my closest friends is one of his closest friends. Um, so I see him. We're very cordial to each other. We're going to be having dinner together soon. So I have to be very nice to him now. And I'm hoping I was wrong about him. You know, he seemed, every time I see him, he's like, it's kind of very kind to me. So it'll be interesting to see when are you going to see him? I don't know yet. I haven't pushed it. Should I? Shall I? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it'll be fine. Whenever I see him, I see him, you know? So Michael Goddard is a famous artist. If you've ever seen his work, Dice on Fire, um, uh, Strawberries, Olives, lots of olives moving or with body parts. Um, so he's a very close friend of John Taffer and so and a very close friend of mine. So we'll oh, see that's the guy. All. Well, you just mentioned a, a word in there that I have to ask you a question about another man that has Vegas mentality built around him. One of the greatest stand-ups of all time, in my opinion, when he was on, sold out Madison Square Gardens, Andrew Dice Clay. Have you had John dinner Lovitz? with Dice? No, John John, I love John Lovitz and the bench warmers, by the way. Watched John's it last night. My, John's one of my best friends. John's I think of, that John Lovitz is so naturally funny. Have you seen the bench warmers? Of course. John's I, one of my best friends. I've seen everything. 15 times I've seen it. Last night I fell off the couch eight times watching it with my 10-year-old daughter. Literally, like it's that funny. I him may and have the four-year-old watch it. I'll say, look at Uncle. He does. My child, he's four, right? So Mike is his <laughs> godfather. 
Vince is his other godfather because Mike thought it was rude. Not Mike Tyson him. is your son's yeah. godfather. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and and so when when I said to Mike, you know, what should be the godfather? He started crying. He's so emotional. He said, but what about Vince? That's so not fair to Vince, like because you know he knows how close Vince and I are. And I said, well, Vince can be his godfather too. Um. He never wants to watch any of his any of my friends on television. He doesn't like Uncle John. This that they don't. He doesn't like it. It's a scary. He, he fell asleep during Mike's fight. He could care less. <laughs> with the joke. Oh God, Michael, John Lovitz Mike is, is and if freaking Mike, awesome. If Mike's on like WWE or any of that kind of stuff, Michael like takes video from his phone, right? And he'll send me the video to show to Jet, and he'll be like, "Show him, tell him I'm a legend. Tell him I'm a legend. It's great. It's adorable." <laughs> but John came over the John came over the other day. Spent the whole day with us. And those two, Jet, my son, and John, oh my God, they're like two comedians. The kids John, are comedians. John is so naturally funny. He is yeah. so naturally. But is Andrew Dice Clay? Have you had dinner with the Dice? He's a Vegas cat. I have not. No, he's. Yeah, I think he moved back to California. I've met him a couple times. Um, I don't all, know that. He was a little rough. He was a little rough when I met him. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I met him with Mike, so maybe he was posturing. You know what I mean? I mean, he was a little rough. I met him. I met him one time backstage before he went on. It was actually during sound check, and he was so nice to us, so cordial. So maybe yeah. he, was, he was nice. He was cordial, but he was a little rough. That's all. It, with everything you're, you're, you're not a name dropper. You really know these guys. With everything that you experience, you're in the sin city of the world. This, the you're in Vegas. This is the party capital of the world. Maybe I know that there's places on islands and I know that Miami's got it going on in New York city, but Vegas is Vegas. It's built on literally a five mile street. Think about that. Right. There's nothing else that you do in Vegas except the five mile street. That's, I mean, I know there is stuff to do, but that's what it's built on. Give me one. Oh shit moment. How with everybody that, you know, does, has anything ever blown your mind? Like, Oh my God, did that really just happen? In a bad way or a good way? Good way. Like, have you ever? It was just... kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of cool to meet Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin. Did he walk right? up to you, or did were you introduced? He was to riding him? a cart, and and with the lady that was the PR lady, and she wanted to introduce me to him, and it was really, it was like, wow, did that really fucking happen? Right? You know what I mean? Like that was pretty cool, Merv Griffin, because he's kind of a legend, right? Like it's so. But then there's guys like Chaz Palmentary, and then there's Mike. All right, here's a great Mike's like, we're gonna go to dinner with my friend Bobby. He opened a new restaurant. And I'm like, Bobby? He's like, yeah, he kept saying, we're going to go to Bobby. Come pick me up. We're going to go to dinner with Bobby. Pick him up. We get to the restaurant. We pick go, who oh, up? Mike Tyson? Mike, yeah, I pick, yeah, I pick Mike up. He, you know, he drives in a car. Well, like not everybody that says they pick Mike up is referring to the greatest boxer of all time. And, and by the way, he also puts his pants on one leg at a time. I'm just saying. <laughs> so so we get to this place, this restaurant. We walk in. The, they're, they're like, oh, Mr. Tyson, come on back to meet, you know, to meet whatever. So, so we get in there, and I walk in, and who's standing there? Robert De Niro. Bobby D. That was his friend. That was his friend, Bobby. Wow. And he knew exactly what he was doing because I walked in dumbfounded, obviously. Wow. Right? Obviously. He thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever done. I mean, freaking, it was funny. Freaking ta taxi driver, Godfather 2, Cape Fear. I mean, you could go on and on about Bobby De Niro. You know, and, then, and then, you know, at the Hard Rock the Day. Deer the Hunter. Hard Rock, yeah, deer hunter. But that was that was a fun moment. You know, have you, you ever met Francis Ford Coppola? No, but his nephew's a very close friend of mine and an actor. I just got a wine bottle signed by him. I know I was wow. at, I was on his ranch in Napa last two weeks ago, and he was there, but because of COVID, I didn't get to say hi to the man. 
I didn't mean what to interrupt you. I'm not trying to top you. I just think it's unbelievable the connections that you have. I do, you know this... ne- do, you, do you know who his nephew is? Yes, yes, I do. Who? Nicholas Cage. Bingo. How'd you now know? look, now look, listen to this story. So we befriended this company, and I want you to look it up because they need to be in your magazine, and I want to introduce you to them. They're called the Particellis. This is their family name. They're, Ray is first-generation American. His mom and dad both came from the, from, um, the old country. They own a company called Napa Valley Olive Oil. Yes. They they have this little tiny old ass building store. It is unfreaking real for culinary people enthusiasts. Best olive oil I've ever tasted. So we were customers. We send an order into this to the store, and my brother puts the address and the last name they see. They write us, they send the package out, charge our credit card, and they put a personal note in there saying, we um, are huge fans of this show called The Foul Life. Is this the buildings that are part of that? If it is, we'd like oh to say God. hello. So we call them and we're just like, yeah, it's us. So we, we start this friendship. So I go down there to meet them for the first time in person, visit the store, meet the dad, Ray, the son, Stefano and Jules and Dante, yeah. just unbelievable Italian family. So awesome. I start looking around their grandma's house and I'm like, who is that? Is that? And it's, they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the store one day and we get a call from Francis's help, you know, his keepers and his assistants. He wants to come shopping, but after hours, they're like, well, of course we're going to keep the store open for Francis Ford Coppola. He comes in, falls in love with the family. He's in these pictures in the backyard. Okay. Then there's one there with cage there. And then Billy Bob sitting there at grandma's table that eating her, her Italian foods. So then, so then they start telling me about Francis's Easter egg hunt. Yes. And De Niro and Pacino and Billy Bob and Nicolas Cage and Talia Shire and all these people. And I'm like, the food industry and the culture of these people and the wine country and all this stuff. I just thought it was absolutely amazing. So I'm sitting there two weeks ago. We go over to his winery because he moved the diamond to a different place in California, now Napa. Um, Anyway, the sister of the Particelli family says... We're going to go to his farm. They take me and drive me up on the hill. His house is there, his original house. I'm just like going, this guy is responsible, in my opinion, for the best two movies of all time in American cinema. Yeah. Godfather 1 and 2. He also made Apocalypse Now. And I'm a big fan of Godfather 3. But yeah. it's Francis Ford freaking Coppola. He knew Mario Puzo, Il Padrino, The Godfather, and all this shit. And I'm like, is this really happening because... Of the Particelli family and how giving they are. And they just, it's just a network, man. It's how you build your business. We should just do a trip to Napa. Okay, listen, listen. Okay, listen to this date. Please keep on your date, your calendar, October 29th and 30th open. On the 29th, I'm bringing in one of my dear friends, Paul McDonald. He runs with um, Stevie Wonder, Elton. I mean, this dude can sing his ass off. He's up and coming. You will love yeah. him. He's playing a private event in Napa on October 29th. I want you to come with me because the Particellis are cooking at it. The Napa Valley family is, the olive oil family is cooking yeah. at it. The, um, and then a couple vineyards. It's mainly going to be the Hunter Glen Vineyard, HG. They're amazing. And then the next night is Reno. We're throwing a party at David's Restaurant with Traeger, HG, and Napa Valley Olive Oil in Red Hawk Golf Resort up here. And Paul's going to play a concert full band up here. Well, I would how love far it. is Reno from Napa Valley? Uh, three hour drive, three and a half hour drive. That's all? Yeah. It's, I mean, we're, it? we're only three, we're three and a half hours to the Bay Bridge, so it's less than Napa. But once you go all the way into Napa, it takes a minute once you get off of I 80. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was you that should, close. But Vegas is only like four hours from Frisco, right? No, nine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm wrong. That's right. I was, I'm thinking of LA's, LA is about what, three? Like four, yeah. Okay, so you're gonna have to fly into you're gonna have to fly into Sacramento. I'll pick you up. We'll roll to Napa, and then we'll roll up to Reno. It'll be a great two days of cooking, music, and wine. And I want to introduce you to the Particelli family in Napa, fun. dude. I'm telling you, this store is unbelievable. Look them up online, Napa Valley Olive Oil Manufacturing. They're they listen to this. It's so old school. They have the milk crate with the original pillow from their grandparents. They oh my god. They sit on that on their ass on this thing, and they old school fill out of the big decanters of oil. They old school fill it. Their sister puts the glue on the back of the label, slaps it all on by hand, puts the cap on, d- masking tape around the cap for shipping, and then they ship How it out. Is it? It's on a different level of olive oil. Swear on my life. I swear on my uh, life. Let me let me actually order some. Well, if you don't want to order it, I'll ship you one first. But if you order it, they would love it. I would I would love to introduce you to them. They are an amazing family. Amazing yeah, family, amazing freaking family. It would be badass to do a story on their on their family in food and beverage, and, may, and maybe bring Francis in on it because Francis owns some of the baddest ass restaurants in the on the face of the earth, dude. He does. Oh my god, yes. Italy, it. Italy, Vegas. Uh, what's the name of his big one? Come on, you know it starts Italy? with Italy, huh? Carbone. I don't know. No, you know it. It's so famous. Hold on. You're famous. No, Are we I'm done not. with our podcast yet? You're putting me to sleep with your bullshit. Am I really? No. You know that it's been awesome. People people need to know this stuff about you. What do they need? They need to know this stuff about me. Because uh, he owns Cafe Zoetrope in San Francisco. He owns... Um, oh, God, he owns some awesome... What is the big well, one? That's all right. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll let's do a whole out. thing. I'll do it. I'll, I'll introduce you to Ray Particelli. This family, dude, their meals, Michael, when they cook Italian, when grandma cooks, I'm just, she does this freaking anchovy deal. It's, Get her on the podcast right now. Uh, she, does, she only speaks Italian. Dude, I can speak Italian. Uh, dude, I, I could, I could, parli Italiano, e molto bene, a poco pochino, mio nome Wait, e chat the speak English, right? I, uh, yeah, Ray speaks fluent Italian and fluent English. I'd love to have him on, like with you. He's, dude, you, I'm telling you, look, are you looking him up right now? Mm. You I should see get my thing working for something. There's stores on a different level of cool, of coolness. I don't know why my, oh, here it is. Okay. What's it called? Napa Valley Oil? Napa Valley Olive Oil manufacturer manufacturer and st helena yep st helena napa area right out look right next door to napa look at that little store. olive oil mfg yeah look at that little freaking store dude the most oh, authentic they have, they the have sal- cheese too the salamis the parmesan's the best you'll eat the parmesan's on a different level how's the balsamic vinegar on freaking real every flavor Get get the garlic Look at infused this. olive oil. Ginger, blackberry ginger, dude. Yeah. Apricot, cranberry pear. It's the best shit you'll ever taste. I swear on my life. Is it thick? No, it's so perfect, dude. We we made salad dressing with it the night before last at my brother's house. Um, you can do so much with their stuff, but the olive oil is grassy and smooth. And just lights up eggs. Like anything you cook in it, it just lights it up. Stefano, okay, get this part. The oldest son, Stefano, he's he's uh, 31, I believe, 32. Yeah. He gets uh, he gets his degree in culinary, right? At, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to lie to you. 
Francis takes him around the world, bro, to Italy. What? Listen to this. Puts him on the private jet, flies him around the world. Francis went Francis went to film school at USC, right? His right. favorite hamburger he ever ate is down right off of the campus of USC. He brings he brings Stefano down there to master this hamburger. He flies him around every restaurant in the world from Italy to the Bahamas or not Bahamas oh to Belize God. to Vegas. And he's, he, he, Stefano goes and trains all of his chefs and teaches all of these recipes and cooks all at right. his restaurants. That's which, which olive oil is the best. Here's there's a tr black truffle one. There's the base. That one. one's amazing. They're, those are all amazing. The base one, the, the, I cook with the, the standard one, the most, the blue label, the big blue label. That? I don't like harissa. I don't like that flavor. Herbs de Provence. Hold on a second. I don't see the regular one. I see basil olive oil, but I don't see just blood orange. No, just the first one. Basil olive oil. I, they don't even have a regular plain one here. I'm on their store. Here's the blue one. Napa Valley olive oil, virgin, extra virgin olive, but it's That's not it. on the, There's butter. Oh, family blend EVOO. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. All right, I'm going to choose. Uh, how much do I want? A 750? Yeah, I get. I mean, I use it on everything, so I go through it faster than hell. Half a gallon? I love That's the half lot. gallons. Yeah, but they come in the coolest looking bottles. Oh, look at that. They're like, they're like old whiskey bottles. Little ring on it for you to put your finger yeah. through. Who is G. Guidi? That is. That what? is that is grandpa, the original owner. The original owners, it was the original part of Chelly's grandpa's partner. And they still give him props. Oh, what? what? That's Dude, you, amazing. You gotta hear their story. I'm getting it. I'm getting the plain one. And then I'm gonna get what else should I get? You gotta Add get more. the salami. Oh, you gotta shit, get the I put two in my bag by accident. You gotta get gotta the salami, get... you gotta get the parmesan. I do? Yeah. Jesus, you're gonna call this call's gonna cost me a fortune. Well, Did dude, you're, you're loaded rich. So what? <laughs> so it says what? Pepper, pepper. They have the Molinari salami and they have the pepperoni and fennel sticks. Both of those sticks, both of those sticks are the best meat you'll eat. I'm telling you, for snack sticks, the pepperoni and the fennel are unbelievable. Really? All right, I'm gonna add it to the bag. The cart. The car it says add the bag. Oh, it's in the bag. Wait. Oh, do I, oh, the fennel. I'll get that. What the heck? That tastes. That's good. Oh, it's amazing. Who are you calling while we're doing this? I was calling the owner to introduce you to him. Blackberry ginger. Wonder which would. Maybe I just get the regular um, traditional balsamic. Here, I'm listen. Hey, come in here and meet Michael Pollitz. This is my brother, Clay. Clay likes to cook, too. Michael's the founder and president of Food and Beverage Magazine. Is that your can real you, brother or your brother? <laughs> no, real can brother. You hear, can you talk on this without the headphones? Uh-uh. Uh, he can't hear you? Yeah, he can hear me. He so, can, I can hear, hear him. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So tell him about um, the olive oil and all the different ones we use. He's, he's online ordering Napa Valley right now. I'm already ordered it all. I'm done. It's $100 already. <laughs> it really is the most favorable olive oil you're ever going to taste. It was amazing. I I tasted it before they even look at this, Michael. Oh. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah, that's what Michael I just ordered. Jennifer, this is our assistant, Jennifer. She rocks everything for Hi, us. Hi, Michael. Hi, sugar. Michael's food and beverage. The cover we're doing. Awesome. Look well, at this. Look at this bottle. I just ordered that bottle. The big one. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is the gallon. This is amazing. 
Yeah, it, it's crazy how it came to be. Uh, a friend of ours came over. Jenny, come here. A friend of ours came over before we even were trying to partner with them and uh, brought us some and said, this is the best you're ever going to have. And we, we had some and it was, and then we ran out and um, we, <laughs> we actually went back and he came over one day and was like, Hey, did you guys ever get some more of that olive oil? And, and it just so happened at around that same time, I ran out of olive oil at my house oh my and, God. and I ordered a bunch of it like you are doing right now. And when I got it back, uh, when I got my order, there was a note in the bottom of it and said, Hey, really love the TV shows. Love what you guys do. Uh, I can't believe you guys are ordering our stuff. That's so awesome. And so Wait, I just, hold reached- on. I think everybody just left my house. Oh, no. <laughs> are you guys going out? Look how badass that house is. You have no idea. Hold on. <laughs> His best friend at See the Tyson shirt. Where's he at? Vegas. Vegas. Good guy to know down there. Oh, God. He's huge. He knows everybody. Bobby Filet, Wolfgang Puck. All right. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Is John Lovitz married? Yeah. He's best friends with John. I had lunch at his house the other day. I just watched right, what, else? what else are we doing now? What else are we doing? So he's Clay's telling you about that story I told you about. I, know, how the I note fell comes asleep with him talking. No wonder he doesn't do the show. <laughs> what? He said he was falling asleep with you talking. No wonder you don't do the show. Hey, I, I, I'm not going to talk shit, but I'm out. See ya. Thanks. Nice meeting you. <laughs> Damn it. That's it? That's all I get? Well, I mean, with that pink Tyson shirt on. I don't know how serious to take you. What? Do you hear this shit? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> that a boy. So anyway, this Napa Valley olive oil family is on a different level. I want to get them in. I want to get Do them in. Do they like Clay or just you? They like Clay. They have they they don't they run I'm the, I'm the reason they're here. Jesus, they charge a shit ton for shipping, but okay, I'll do it. Well, it's all, all glass. Right. It's heavy. I know you could tell. Order, order a couple bottles for your friends. I ordered a couple bottles for myself. Did you get some of the balsamic vinegar? Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. That, especially the lemon. It is outstanding. Ooh, I just got the plain for now. Okay. But yeah, that if you get the lemon, it's really outstanding. And, and then the garlic infused oil is awesome too. Ooh. Oh, he is a cook, that guy. Is he the one that cooks all your stuff? He just hops in right at the end. Does he uh, Does he work with your meat a lot, your brother? <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Do you not want to talk to me? I'm <laughs> yeah, he, he cooks American almond beef. I sent some to Michael. He says it's the best he's ever had. It's good. Why is it so fucking good? I mean, honestly, dude. Can I just tell you something? I bought this Wagyu from this lady because I felt bad, right? And... Uh, I was like, all right, I'll buy some. She was going to advertise, so I bought some, right? So I, meanwhile, they haven't paid their fucking bill, you know, of course, right? Um, <laughs> but it was horrible, dude. It wasn't even anything special. Like, I get better beef from fucking Smith's. I, I like Wagyu, but it's so – I like – Snake River Farms has the best Wagyu well, out there. Well, maybe this lady's a liar. I don't you know. You just can only have it so much because it's so rich. Dude, I took a whole block, a pound block, and I made it into a hamburger. 
and it wasn't rich. It was like a fucking, it, I swear to God, it was like a hamburger, bro. And then they sent me the other beef, like for fillets, and it wasn't like, a, it was disgusting. <laughs> and yours was like the best ever. You got some great meat, Chad. Thank you. Um, All right, are we done with this pot? No, we have to end it. We just can't end it. No, we we're we're almost done. I just wanted to All bring right, my I brother in. Them, so let them know that Michael Pollitt's ordered from them. I wanted to, my brother to tell you how good it is because you know those guys that say, "Oh, it's the best in the world." This is this family is unbelievable. This company, I can't wait to introduce you to them. They still do it old school. They sit there in the in their shop every day oh, yeah. and hand pour every bottle of it. Well, I want to go see him, Ray. Ray. Yeah, how are you? Hey, ciao. Listen, uh, listen. I got. I'm on a. I'm on a podcast right now, and I. Um, I'm on the. I'm on the podcast with the founder and owner of Food and Beverage Magazine. Um, Fourteen point four million readers a month, and he's liter. He's literally on your website right now, ordering a bunch of olive oil and vinegars and salamis live. I. I told, and I want to introduce you to him because I want to get a story on the family and the store in this magazine. It'll be phenomenal. Ray, say hello to Michael. Hello, Michael. Nice to meet oh, you. What's up, Ray? I just ordered stuff. You'll see my name coming across. Oh, very cool. I'm excited I, to come see you, too. I heard some great things. I heard we have friends in common. What's that? I'm sorry. I, I'm tell him, tell him we have friends in common. He says you have friends in common. He's oh, yeah. yeah. He, he's really good friends with uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm better friends with his uncle, but... Uh, <laughs> I, Sure. Well, then he has a much better relationship. He's he's obviously has, yeah. Francis is a lot better than Nick as a friend, I'm sure. Ray, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be introducing you and Stefano to uh, Michael because go online and look at Food and Beverage Magazine, and um, it's gonna be incredible. I just wanted to call you and introduce you to Michael, so you knew it, it was him when you see his name come across the. Com- I know that you don't have you're not in the store much, but uh, I'll let Stefano know too and Jules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. No, I appreciate it. It, it, That's great. Thank you. This is going to be awesome. We're getting ready to do a cover story with him and uh, a bunch of the photos. We have the olive oil in it that we sent his editors that'll be in the article. So I'll send that to you, and then I want to introduce you guys because I want him to do a story on on Napa Valley olive oil. Nice. I appreciate that. All right, buddy. I'm excited, excited, guys. Tell Tell Ray I'm excited. He's excited to get it and cook with it. Great. I, I hope he likes it. Oh, come on. You know he's going to like it. Shit, the whole world hey, likes you it. Know different strokes. All right, I'll call. Hey, I've been, gra- I've been bragging about your mom's cooking and the anchovy recipe, too. I need some anchovies. I'm freaking, I'm making myself hungry over here thinking about the anchovies. Yeah, hey, I, I tell you. I, 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 nice meeting you, Michael. Mike. Michael, nice yeah. meeting you. Nice meeting you. You're, where are you going? Hey, Just Ray, back out to I'm work. Coming up, I got some ideas. I'll call you here a little <laughs> bit when I'm done with this. All right, all right. See ya. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Anyway, that family, Michael, is on a different level of cool, and um, I'm I like glad he's that- humble. He's like, oh, you may gosh. not like it. I like that. No, he's a great, just so humble and so sweet and always just rolls out the red carpet for us and cooks for us like amazing family. So I'll uh, I'll make that introduction and then. Um, I don't know where else we go from here. We should start hosting a podcast together about all this stuff, music and I'll food and culture. I'll do music, whatever you want, bro. Music and food and culture. You know what I'm doing right now? You're going to die when I tell you what I'm doing now, my new project. Mike Tyson? No, I can't because that's his wife. They do. She does everything. 
I am getting ready to open up. You'll never even know what this is. Something called Crack Seeds. It's called a Crack Seed Store. Have you heard I don't of that? Know no, I have not. It's a Hawaiian candy, right? Because my wife's Hawaiian. And whenever her mother comes to visit, she always goes to these crack seed stores and they or the CVS or the Walgreens and they complain that they don't have a lot of good ones right around. So I said, I'm going to I'm going to open a store and it's from it's really dry preserved fruit with the special plum dry plum that's like tangy. And it's called um, what's it called? Hing, Lin, what's it called? Ling Hing Mui sauce, whatever. And it's like a tangy, like a sour candy, sour apple, that kind of flavor. But they mix it with like dried olives, preserve this, preserve that. Since it's something you've never tasted in your life, but you would love it. And this is going to be in the store? I'm making a bunch of stores. I've put a couple in Vegas, some in Salt Lake City, and one in St. George. Well, like Wherever St. there's a big George, Polynesian Utah. population. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing it with my friend Fiji. And Fiji is the biggest island star, music star in the world. So Samoans and Tongans and Hawaiians and people that love, love lu- luau's and pigs on a spit and all this, they're going to love this type of store. That's their, That's exactly what they, yes. I, I want to go to a luau and watch them dance. I love luau's. All right. That's Michael Pohl. It's Food and Beverage. We don't really need a conclusion because we're going to do it again. We're going to come up with an idea of talking music. And so I could probably expect a text from you in the next couple minutes about when Mike Tyson and Vince Neil are coming onto the podcast. Yeah. I'm serious. You, you can clear it with his you wife. Should definitely, you should definitely sit there and look at your phone. I will blow Mike Tyson's mind. I'm like a groupie. He'll be like, you knew that about me? Yeah, I know that about you. But he doesn't want to talk boxing. Mike Tyson wants to talk life. I want to talk life. I want to know if he really made contact with Ed Helms' face in The Hangover. Because that's the funniest shit of all time when he lays him out by the piano. And he's singing Phil Collins. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I mean, Tyson oh is awesome. Tyson is the man. You are funny. You do know. Oh, yeah. I know Tyson. I've watched every, his whole career unfold. I, I talk about it all the time, about how sad it makes me. It makes me sad. He was worth $300 million at one time. 500. 500 million at one time. Yeah, one time he walked me into a garage with boxes, like legal boxes everywhere. And he said, look at this. I go, look at what? He goes, look at this. $20 million in those boxes. That was just his legal fees. Jesus Christ. Crazy. Crazy. All right, I'll I'll contact so you. What month uh, are you going to be on the cover of the magazine? What month? September. September. Look for Chad Belding and Chad Mendez, American Almond Beef, the provider, on the cover of Food and Beverage magazine. Tell us the website. I mean, what what do we got to do? Why why is FB, it so successful? It's easy, man. FBmagazine.com. 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 The founder, Michael Pulitz. I I I I'm tell I'm always honest about this stuff. I I feel it. A lot of you is very hard to uh, to be true. It's almost too good to be true because you're so good. Michael Pulitz is the man. Thank you for ordering Napa no, Valley. When you man. get it, when you get it, let me know how much how how you're going to be like, dude. Where has this been all my life? That's how we I should feel do live it. tastings of stuff together. All right, I'm ready. I'm waiting. All right, I'm ready. It'll be. I'm fun. serious. We could rock a crowd. We well, could rock a, a crowd. Foul life. What am I going to tell you? Foul life. I want. My, will Mike Tyson come and do a tasting with us? If he's eating meat, I'll find out what he wants to do. Well, we don't have you know, to do meat. You know, he has pigeons. He might get upset. Then I kill birds. And you don't want him to get upset. I don't. I wouldn't want Mike Tyson upset at me, but he would understand the hunter and provider mentality. He sent me a message today. He says, let's make some money. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I swear to God, that's his text message today. Where is it? Right here. 
let's make money. <laughs> and then I asked him something he never answered. <laughs> like how? What's he thinking? All right. Well, I'm going to be back. I'll get you. I'll get you the next one. Let's do another one and just keep talking smack. I'm in, buddy. I love it. Is that what we're going to call it? Talking smack with Pulitz and Belding? Snacking and smacking. Smacking and smacking. Thank you all for listening to another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Jack Daniels, thank you for believing in us. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Check out fbmagazine.com. Get a subscription. Become a reader. Chad Belding, Chad Mendez is going to be on the cover September 2021 with the provider in American Almond Beef. I'm excited. I'm excited for my friendship with Michael Pulitz. That was a fun podcast. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon. Tom, Jake, hit that button. I'm going to go out with... God, what song? Let's go out with... Uh, will Vince get mad if I go out with a Motley Crue song? He'd love it. Go out. Doc, this is Kickstart My Heart. Do you want Kickstart My Heart or Dr. Feelgood? Ooh. What do you like? I like every song they've ever done. I even like Smoking in the Boys Room. <laughs> That's my favorite. I, I would love go it. Out with, uh, I would go out with Kickstart My Heart. This is Kickstart My Heart by Vince Neil, Nikki Six, Mick Mars, Tommy Lee. Badass freaking band, Motley Crue from the LA Strip. Y'all enjoy yourselves. We-